0: I'm just glad that googling that a minute ago didn't bring up porn.
1: Degree fans, this is Amy Carrick, season ticket holder for FC Dallas and the better half of the Carrick family. 3rd Degree, the podcast, is brought to you by Soccer90, your source for FC Dallas, U.S. national team, and international club gear. Check out the new arrivals dropping daily, gear from leagues around the world, fresh Serie A, Premier League, Bundesliga, and of course, MLS and FC Dallas club merch available now. Reminder, Third Degree listeners get 20% off at Soccer90.com with promo code third Degree. Some exclusions may apply.
2: Well, hello there, FC Dallas curious fan, or should I say giddy fan. Welcome to another episode of Third Degree, the podcast. Hi, my name is Peter, and as always, my two friends here with me on the miracle of the internet. First, Dan Crook. Come in, Dan.
0: Um, hi. Howdy, How's it going?
2: Howdy. It is uh, good. Thank you for asking. And uh, your hero, my hero, a man of this country, out on the highways and byways of our fine nation on his annual walkabout somewhere in southwestern United States, editor-founder of uh, Third Degree, the podcast, and .NET, Buzz Carrot, come in, Buzz. Literally, Buzz, come in. Where are you, Buzz? Yeah, hi,
3: hi Peter, calling in today from uh, near Bryce Canyon, which is in southern Utah. I'm, I'm not sure if Utah is considered the southern part of the United States, but definitely the western part of the United States, for sure. All right. This is where I insert
2: my sister-wife's joke. <laughs> You have a sister wives joke. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, Buzz, uh, yeah. since uh, a lot of people that listen to the podcast may not be familiar with your annual pegr- pilgrimage, oh yeah. Uh, so, what is this you're doing? So, you like tell everybody what's up.
3: Oh, well, my my, uh, my wife's family has a a lake house up in northern Idaho. So, every year during the summer, when I'm often working less, uh, we go on a drive across the country to that lake and then back, and it takes Uh, about a week each direction, the one rule we try and follow is to not use any interstates. It's all scenic byways and back roads, the blue highways in America, you know, national parks, anything we can find to see around the Western half of the United States on our way up there. And so I've seen over the last decade, I've seen almost all there is to see in the Western half of the United States, but it's still fantastic. And we still do it every year. How
2: many miles do you end up traveling?
3: Uh, It's usually roughly about 5,000. The longest one I ever did was 9,000. Good yeah. grief! Yeah. Uh,
0: Follow up question: Why do you hate Dwight Eisenhower so much?
3: Uh, I find interstates when you're traveling to be boring. You kind of just zone out, and you go through the same sort of kind of thing all the time. They all look the same. Or if you take back roads, you see, you know, more of real America, whether it be the wilderness or whether it be small towns. It's just yeah. more colorful, really- awesome.
2: I admire that about you. I I tend to be so impatient. I want to get from point A to point B as fast as I can. It would be a real struggle for me to leave the highway and byway interstates and, and lose all that precious time. But the idea of seeing all that scenery in America... And the way that you're doing it does sound awfully romantic.
3: Yeah. You know, you, if you, well, for me, the journey is the destination. I enjoy cross country driving. Um, and I also enjoy seeing things I've never seen, whether, whether it be parks or whether it be places or even roads I've never driven on, yeah. you know, I, f- f- that kind of stuff fascinates me. I drive all over the country when I'm going to work. If I'm not, if I don't have to fly, um, you know, it's, it's, I get a lot of pleasure from it. And, and Amy is the, my wife, Amy is the same way in a lot of ways. So, uh, we've been doing it for years and years, and it's a it's a lot of fun. Now, I happen to have enough time that I'm not in a hurry. You know, between whatever I'm usually working in the summer, I usually have a lot of time off, so um, I'm not in a hurry. I just put the put it on five over the speed limit and just cruise along. And when you're in the mountains and it's cool and you can roll the windows down, or you're going slow, and and I usually take the dog with me, and we he, he has a blast, and uh, or used to. And then you know that that's what we do. Yeah. All right. So,
0: Buzz, a uh, little bit of, little bit of a pilgrimage you can always make. You're pretty close to Newcastle
3: in Utah.
1: Mm. <laughs>
3: I've been in Newcastle in Delaware. Yeah, I didn't know there was a Newcastle in Utah. Hmm. All right. Well,
2: uh, bring me something back nice. I need a, I need a gift.
3: Okay. Don't forget about me.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs>
3: I've got some stuff in my truck for you already. Although I, I left it at home, of course. Yeah.
0: All right. No worries. We'll have a Is good it, trip. Is uh, it Old Major's
3: Bacon Bourbon? No, it's, uh, some, it's oh. some third degree and some Dallas Cup stuff that doesn't fit because right. it's made Just, for small people, not fat people. <laughs> Just cancel the rest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and I still have your kick around T-shirt yeah. with your, your initials on it we have oh, made that I yeah. still haven't given you because I haven't seen you in forever. It feels I know. Like. It's been a while. <laughs> It's so weird that we've been doing this podcast every week for however long and I'm pretty certain I it has been when was the last time you and I actually saw each other Was it at an FC Dallas game this season wasn't this Not season, this was
3: season it? no it must have been last year yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And before that, it probably was before the pandemic. Uh, oh, no. You know what?
2: It was it, – We, you and I went to a Dallas game, and we enjoyed the fact that they had limited seating and nobody was going. That's so right. We got into the stadium <laughs> and just had an entire section to ourselves, yeah. it felt like. it was That was awesome. awesome. Yeah. We told yeah. nobody to
3: come back to the game.
2: That's, yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, that's right. We did. We probably didn't help the cause very much by promoting. So Don't a, go to those games. They're so terrible. It's a terrible experience. Over a year ago, then. <laughs> yeah well i miss you buzz thanks man uh and i do miss you too dan although i saw you a couple weeks ago at said stadium that's a magnificent beard you've grown by the way sir
0: thank you i was trying to not be neck beardy or amish looking
2: Uh, no you look like you could uh easily uh slot in in a role on game of thrones or uh any of the lord of the rings movies I'll tell you that as a compliment. It is. It's meant it's nothing other <laughs> than that, sir. I'm just trying to give everybody a, a visualization of just how massive your beard has gotten. Uh, no. I
0: I'm, I'm trimming it. Don't worry.
2: Okay. All right.
0: No, no. It's fine. Don't be,
2: don't be embarrassed. It's a compliment. All right. Nobody cares about travel or beards or anything else. They want to hear Buzz and Dan and uh, probably not me talk about their favorite football club, FC Dallas, Oh. which uh, may have hit a peak of the season when they went on the road and they didn't just win. They won and they won over a club icon, Oscar Perea's Orlando City, and they did it in three to one style buzz. Yeah, that was pretty
3: good. That's pretty good. Is it better than the LA Galaxy three? Another win?
2: <laughs> well, only because the Galaxy have been so shoddy of late.
3: Well, they did get smoked by Houston, but then they turn around and smoked the Aztecs. So that was, uh, they, uh, you're right, the the LA defense has gone to to pot the, the, you know, for about a two-week stretch there. It was not good. But um, you would also say that the overall win against Orlando was more comprehensive. I mean, there's a lot to like about that win. Before you even get into players, you can just look at the overall team stats. And uh, when you have more possession than the home team, when you have – uh, a similar number of shots, but a really nice, efficient. Remember, we always talk about efficiency with this team. Six shots on goal out of their 13. That's really good. That's the team we like to see. The bulk of their shots came in the box. That's the team we like to see. So it's not just that they won on the road. Again, riding on the road is very difficult in MLS. It's the way they played, which is the, the way that this team wants to play, the style they want to play, the manner they want to play. So comprehensive win, really good win. Um, there's, there's really very little to, un- to not like about this game other than one or two small things we'll get to later. But, uh, yeah, terrific win.
2: All right, Dan. Um, let's. You know, there was a pretty big difference in this game between the first and second halves, and I know that you just finished watching it just a little bit before recording this podcast on Wednesday night. You're the one that has the freshest memory of it, uh, and you haven't had a chance to write your kind of review that you post on the website. What 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 are you thinking about when you're thinking about what you're going to add to that article when you do it? I'm still doing it.
0: Balls.
3: Um, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I'm going out to <laughs> of town
0: tomorrow. You, don't get, you <laughs> do not get out of it. No, sir. Okay, I'll have to try and squeeze it in somewhere. Um, no, I really liked, uh, like you said, they, they, the first half, Orlando kind of suckered them in a little bit, tried to slow the game down. Obviously, several of the, you know, two players who started the game had played 120 minutes, Another another one had played 90, a couple more 60 uh you know they were they were kind of blowing out their ass from the first minute um you know kind of didn't exactly get hung up on the ropes too much with that sort of rope dope style that we've seen Oscar use in Dallas before of just kind of tempting teams back and then kind of hitting them on the break you know measured controlled half Second half really kind of pushed it into gear. Uh, I saw in the post uh, game quotes uh, Frank O'Hara praising Nico, saying, you know, went into the first half not really necessarily believing it was a win, but to just be competitive. But the second half, they they felt like they could win and, and pushed on. Um, like the way they were controlling chances. Control of the midfield was huge. Um, I think the last couple of games we've seen a big hole around the, the center of the park where teams like, uh, uh, like Vancouver and sporting Kansas city have kind of packed the midfield out and kind of, uh, you know, pushed, uh, Dallas's center mids wide, uh, Farku, I thought was phenomenal, led the team 24 pressures, 71 touches, 93% pass in, uh, a host of really nice, um, uh, defensive stats, including 13 recoveries, just kind of anchoring that position in the midfield kind of on the road actually you know dominating the midfield allowing Velasco to play in that kind of more central role that he likes giving Paxton free reign to kind of run through the middle and um, and and Cervania as well uh, which just frees up uh sorry my notes said nips um Ariola <laughs> and, <laughs> and Ferreira That's to awesome. uh, do what they do best incidentally they uh, they both had uh over twenty pressures each. I mean, that's that's how easily they were kind of getting into it into the uh, defense target in Iran's uh, particularly. I thought it was just a a strong, capable game where they they just game management was like spot on.
2: I, you know, it was funny because the game was kind of a stalemate and uh, clearly because they had played their Open Cup game uh, several nights before and were uh, not at full strength and somewhat gassed out. Um, I, it, it, you just really had a worry that Oscar was going to do Oscar things with his team and, and, and just kind of strangle the life of it uh, over the course of uh, the 90 minutes. And certainly when they scored late in the first half you thought to yourself man that is the worst time to allow a goal this isn't going to go well uh but buzz what was the big shift in the second half for you that suddenly turned everything for dallas
3: well it was the frank o'hara sub um both in the terms of like frank o'hara himself and i said this in my instant reaction uh you you really at this point you have to consider his salary a sunk cost it's been paid and so you have to take that out of your mind and only look at like what he brings to the table. And so like he's a low 30 year old, thirty-two or whatever he is, thirty-three, you know, striker who comes off the bench and the dude is a warrior. He brings an amazing attitude, he brings professionalism, he's ready, he's always ready to go. You know, he's a great example for young guys and how to play and how to be ready and how to get yourself up, even if you're not starting. So all of that is awesome and it wasn't just that though uh, the the shift when he came in they brought off Paxson which you know you don't love bringing Paxson off but uh you know Paxson's needed a game off anyway and when they brought Frank O'Hara on by picking off Paxson they used the they did the shift to the 4 4 1 1 with Jesus as that off striker which is Jesus' best peer position and that unlocked the game um they have they have developed an ability and this is the amazing part they have developed an ability between Obreon and Ariel are part of this as well, and Jesus is part of it as well. They have an ability to shift in and out of this 4-4-1-1 and back to their normal 4-3-3 with the wings stepping forward and Jesus dropping back. So they're constantly shifting in and out of that look, and there's constantly being pressure applied. Other than Frank O'Hara, who's working his tail off up top and distracting the center backs, you now have basically three different players shifting where their depth and coming at you either higher or lower from... Trip to trip up the field, and that's what t- took, the, uh, you know, sp- made Orlando come apart defensively and open the game and change the game. And that sub was so that sub, both in the, what the player did and in the tactics, was phenomenal. And it's basically what won the game. That was the game winning move.
2: It was a pretty dramatic change, and it certainly came... Uh, it was uh, it was refreshing to see it happen because, as you mentioned, Hara did come on for Palmacall, who was grabbing his hamstring yeah. uh, pretty clearly, which always freaks all of us out. I, I'm assuming, Buzz, because you're on the road, and Dan, I don't know what your situation is. Have we heard anything about Paxton's uh, situation?
3: Uh, I have not, no. No.
0: Uh, I didn't see anything mentioned in the post-game comments, and then... Uh, The team were given a few days off, so there's been no media availability since. All right. Uh, So we'll keep everybody posted, Uh, watch
2: Buzz's Twitter account and stuff like that about any updates we may or may not against about Pomacall, but make sure, you know, when you sit down by your bed tonight and do your little bedtime prayers, you throw one in there for Paxton's hamstring, please. Now, on the other side of the coin, uh, because Hara comes on and starts playing so well, the real highlight of this game continues to be the, the thing that's really grabbing a lot of national attention is the rise of Paul Areola. Speaking of nips, Dan, uh, what another game from him. He's now, what has he scored? How many goals in how many consecutive games? Is it five and s- six and five? Six what is and it? five. Six and five, which is really impressive. Uh, but he's just doing a little bit of
3: everything just right, isn't he, Buzz? Oh, the, the dude is doing everything on and off the field, both. Uh, plus, I would like to personally thank him for making me look good after I went on the MLS Power Ranking show and told Weeby that he was Dallas's best player, and then he proceeded to tear it up the last three four weeks since then. Um, it, it's 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 both what he's doing on the field, which is a not just a contribution of the his goals, his movement combined, of course, with Jesus's movement and 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 Velasco's movement and O'Brien's movement all those guys are doing such good things up top It puts immense pressure on the def- uh, pressure on the defense. The real addition this year compared to last year minus Ricardo Pepe Jesus has replaced him a- admirably in that role. Both are movement-based strikers. You know, you had uh, guys last year O'Brien, Shun, Shun's wasn't quite getting it done consistently. O'Brien wasn't quite getting it done consistently. Khalil's not getting it done consistently. But you have both in Velasco and Ariola guys who are dangerous and attract so much attention from the other team. There's a lot of talk, even before the goal started, there was a goal stretch started for him. There was a lot of talk about how the dummies he was making, the movement he's doing, the the space is creating. And then you combine that with what we talked about all season, which was his darn near captaincy of the locker room uh, with his ability to speak um, both languages and reach both segments of the the player base um, in the locker room, his the way he reached out to guys that are from foreign countries when they for like of Alaska for example when he first signed, you know they got the, the ability to um, demonstrate the coach's message, carry out the coach's message, communicate the coach's message. Those are all massive, massive parts of what he's doing, all those pieces add up to him right now, being the most important and most valuable player on this team. And in this game, he was an absolute dynamo. His movement was just unstoppable. The other the the backs didn't know how to handle him. He kept catching the center backs off guard when he would come into the middle and wide that, that anybody that could handle him. It was just a really dynamic, energetic He really should have had a hat trick if it hadn't had that fluke handball or whatever in the middle. Uh, Just a phenomenal performance from him, and he deserved making team of the week, although they stuck him in the midfield, which was weird, even though he plays wing. But, yeah, great performance. It was,
2: and uh, I apologize for doing this out of order. I do need to go back to uh, Mr. Hara, who we have railed upon and goofed on multiple times over the last uh, two and a half seasons or however however many months he's been here for some of the easy misses that he has, uh, uh, had boners on, but man, what a sweet little chip finish at a weird angle for his goal to make it 2 one.
3: Yeah. Uh, a, a good striker, um, has a confidence in their mind, um, and will not let misses bother them. They have good talk about being a goldfish. You know, they have a short term memory. Don't, don't remember those things that went before stay in the moment, you know, get the next one, and that's a good striker mentality. And Jesus has it too, and and Pepe a great many times has had that mentality, you know, or he wouldn't be as successful as he was. And and Franco, you know, as we said about his sub, you know, for him to come on and be a hundred percent ready, and and not just ready to play, but ready to fight. You know, it's his, it's his aggressive mentality and his aggressive demeanor, and the way he distracts people and gets their attention and makes people focus on him by being just a, a, a pain in the butt. You know, there's a lot of ways to be a good striker that aren't necessarily the fact that he's not fast. You know, I mean, O'Brien is decent because he's fast and that's about it. Frank O'Hara has all these other great qualities, but he's not fast. And, and, and they're all contributing to his ability to contribute to this team and the role he is. Now, do we want him to start? No, of course we don't want him to start, but, coming off the bench and changing the game and being a great asset for 20 minutes, both offensively or defensively contributing with an assist or a goal here or there, you know, that mentality, that professionalism, it's just phenomenal. I Obviously the money sucks, but everything else is great about it. Uh,
2: Dan, you mentioned your happiness with uh, uh, Faku's performance and, and we've talked a lot or asked a lot of questions on this podcast about what happened to uh, Edwin Cerillo and did he just lose his place? <clears throat> Are you feeling? Are you at a point in Faco's, you know, kind of run here that he
0: is the full time starter at the six? Uh, I mean, I don't think there's such a thing as a full time starter at any position in this team. It kind of seems a pretty fluid situation, but he's in a really good run at the moment. Um, it's it's good to know you you have a player who's having the sort of season that Edwin has had. Mm-hmm. Um, kind
3: of waiting in the wings, though. Okay. Yeah, I i I um I, I thought there was a little... The, the things that were missing from Faku's game in this game are where Edwin this year is excelling. I, you know, th- this game, it seemed an obvious choice because it was another road game again, and Faco has been a good spot. But that edwin Faco battle is the closest battle in the team, in my opinion. You know, Edwin has a progressive element to his game, and you can see that even in this game, you could see that it was a tiny bit missing. Like there's not a lot of good passing chart from Faco to um Ariola or Faco to um, um, Jesus. It's all FACO to Brandon or Faco to Paxton. You know, so it's all sideways basically. So that that's the component of his game that's missing. And it's if, if he had that component in his game, he probably would be the lock guy. But there's also been stretches at the beginning of the year where out outplayed him for two months straight. And it had all this great stuff going on, and, and it, a lot of it was his progressive play. And I think that there's going to be games. And this coach, remember, micromanages tactics and micromanages style. There's been games where he's flipped players from one side to the other just because it worked a certain way with the way they wanted to play. So there's going to be games where they're going to think, I need less of a crunching tackler or I need more of a guy that can make a little progressive move and pass and connect there. And so those are the games that one's going to get a chance. And that spot's going to stay in constant flux, I think, for now.
2: I, uh, I, you know, there was not any, there's not much in this game that you would consider bad or poor or, or anything like that, but I, but I will, there's always a, but right. Yeah. Uh, I do want to, I do want to take a few minutes uh, cause we were, I was relieved to see Alan Velasco in the starting lineup. I was really worried that if we got a starting 11 and Alan wasn't in it, that was going to be an indicator of bigger problems. Um, uh, you know, uh, but. We ended up getting seventy three minutes of him, and they continue to be a, in a, a my at least, a, a, you know, just by the eye. T- eye test, um, and I'm sure, and I have a feeling the stats will back me up on this, he's just not performing and I, it, it, at a level that I think we all thought he was, or he would, again, it's the curse of a Dallas player who makes an amazing debut and then just kind of levels out afterwards for a while, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, and maybe this is all just a byproduct that um, uh, Ariel is playing so well that it just kind of really reduces Velasco's
3: performances. Yeah, I actually thought he was terrible. I thought this is just about his worst game. Um, you know, the things that he's supposed to do are take guys on the dribble and he didn't really do that. The things he's supposed to do are pull guys out of position and he was not doing that very effectively. Um, and beyond the fact that his game was just sort of average for him, you know, maybe even below average for him, on top of that, he made two of the worst uh, emotionally immature decisions that you could possibly make. You know, the the goal right before the half is pretty much I mean the goal doesn't come off of the legit the play he makes but the goal happens because of him the second he made that foul I said to myself and wrote down that is a stupid foul a really really you stupid text foul' me saying
0: that yeah and the second I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah. that's what Buzz was talking
3: about. Yeah, the, the guy's going away from goal. You never foul going away from goal. The, he's going towards the sideline. The sideline your, is your friend. All you got to do is turn the guy. You don't have to foul him. And it's even He'd worse. He turned him. He was running yeah. out of play. running out of play. And it's even worse that it happens with literally seconds left in the half. And it's in a position that is a horrible position for this particular Dallas team, FC Short, who's given up more goals off set plays than any other method during this season. And that's a pure crossing position and that wide spot. And it led directly to the goal with seconds left in the half. That's a horrible, horrible soccer, immature decision. And then in the second half, he does this even more emotionally immature of getting a foul called him. Fouls happen and he kicks the ball away in disgust and gets a yellow card. And the coach immediately yanks the guy because he doesn't want to risk him getting a second yellow or getting tossed out or getting in a fight or whatever. So it's like, listen, the kid's 19. I get it. He's been homesick. We can tell from his Twitter. He hasn't said anything, but you can just tell looking at his social media, missing his friends. He he gets COVID apparently, allegedly reported, and misses like a week and a half, misses a week of training, and finally gets back in and gets back in the game and proceeds to have one of the most emotionally mature soccer games we've seen in a long time. Just a horrible performance by him. You have to be an adult. You have to be a professional. I get it. He's 19, but this this kind of display will cost you your job and you'll get sat. I don't know with a three-week break if he'll get sat but if it was any other like if there was a game this weekend I'm I'm sure he would not be starting uh after that kind of performance
2: that sounds like a very frustrated buzz carrick and i haven't heard you talk yeah. like that about a player in some time
3: i i can't stand you know soccer emotional unintelligence. And this coach in particular is all about soccer intelligence. We've been talking about this all year long, that he's making choices based on the guys that can understand his system, execute his system, play the way he wants to play, have this versatile tactical approaches, being able to make these shifts mid game. And if you're going to show that kind of emotional uh, uh, immaturity, you're going to get yanked fast. And it's like, and listen, if you're on the road And you have a relatively good first half and the score's even and you give up a goal because you make a boneheaded foul seconds before the half. And now you're going to break down a, a goal. That'll kill many, many teams. I mean, it's a great sign that this team didn't get killed by that. It's a great sign of their coaching. It's a great sign of their club mentality and the team mentality that they were able to come right back out and get at it and get goals and win. But man, a lot that that goal would have killed so many other Dallas teams in its history. You guys know it; you've seen it. Teams melt under that kind of condition all the time when you give up a stupid goal like that right before the half.
2: It is a, a weird situation, and it's uh, you know he's uh, Areola is outperforming him in most of the important areas, and it is. I don't know when I watch him play, I get the sense. He just looks like a guy, and Dan, I think maybe you'll, hopefully you'll jive with me on this, or Buzz too. I get the sense he looks like a guy that goes into one-on-one opportunities and just assumes he's going to beat that guy, and so he doesn't commit to it as much as he probably should and we just repeatedly see him getting stoned and, and the ball taken from him again and again in situations that, to me, look, are like, wait a second, that's not what they paid all this money for. You're the type, type of guy that should be beating these defenders in these situations. And we're just not seeing it. And to me, I think you can kind of read it in just kind of his body language.
0: Yeah, I think you're completely right. We've seen all too many times he just dribbles into a player. Uh, just you know no one's really trying to having to take any great evasive action to steal the ball away it's just a straight poke and and it's gone I, I mean I, I don't know if that's a byproduct of this kind of free role that he has or it's just lazy play and thinking that he's a level that's above it all but yeah I mean it's incredibly frustrating and that's that, it seems you know we talk about horror and you know, putting his you know his productivity and his salary to one side, and then but talking about his you know the effort he does put in, and uh, a guy that supposedly idolizes Hara right now is just kind of taking the piss completely, honestly. Buzz, go ahead. I'm sorry, Buzz.
2: Yeah, if you had anything you wanted to add?
3: I do. You know, he's the kind of player that can. Be terrible for a long, long stretch and then just have one magical moment make something happen. You know, so I understand the ability, the reason that they want to invest time and game time in him. You know, O'Brien, for example, is what he is. He's not going to really improve based on where his age is and where he's in his career. Whereas Velasco, you're investing in, you're investing playing time in him. You know, you want him to learn the system. You give him a free role because that way you don't have to, um, Uh, collar him or or strangle him with certain tactical responsibilities, you know, that he's maybe going to struggle to understand. So Paxton compensates for him underneath, Uh, by the way, an undervalued um, component of Paxton's game is his ability to read Velasco and play with Velasco and be able to cover up Velasco. That's a key part of what Paxton does. Um, So, you know, you can understand why they ride Velasco like they do because of these moments. He can have our brilliance because you see him do stuff with the ball at his feet and make touches that are sublime. You know, it, will he develop a more uh, ruthless mindset? Uh, you Certainly, we hope he will. You know, it, 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 this, some of that stuff is of a 19-year-old, you can like, you know, some of these things are going to happen. You know, some of these bad decisions and bad dribbles and bad attempts. And you can live with a lot of them. It's when you make these big macro, clearly emotional overreactions, emotional decisions are going to get you in trouble. You know, him going at a guy and losing the ball, well, you know, that's going to happen. You know, you'd like him to be killer mentality, ruthless mentality, you know, and maybe that'll come with time because there have been moments where he really has been like that. It's just he just drifts in and out. And some of it too is, you know, the the off-field stuff is going to impact his on-field stuff, right? I mean, he is a guy still learning yeah. the league. He is he is a kid, he is homesick, he is here by himself he's out of his home country for the first time ever, you know, I mean, granted it's a nice place to be, but you know, still he's away from everybody he's ever known, you know, with even the guys that are of his same, you know, culture are quite a bit older. They're not 19 years old, you know? So, uh, he, he jetted off to Miami, I think probably to meet up with some friends, I would assume based on social media. Yeah.
2: I saw that. I wondered, is he actually back in Argentina? Because the pictures I saw on Instagram yesterday look like family.
3: But yeah, I don't know. It's possible. I mean, with the international break, it's possible they've let him go home. Uh, I would, you know, I would find that actually very likely when you have a kid like that. It's like he didn't get called up to any teams, you know, he's got 3 weeks before he's got to be back. They probably gave him almost the whole week off of training. So it wouldn't shock me at all. Certainly, if you're going to fly back home, you would go through Miami. So that that also makes a lot of sense. It's just pure conjecture for me where he would be now, but um I I'm not worried about him in a big picture. You know, I think a lot of those things that are a problem in this game specifically, I think they'll get addressed. They'll get cleaned up. The kid will mature. He'll get more. He'll get better what it is. And it's worth investing all this playing time in him because of his potential.
2: Well, considering that uh, after all of this, they sit in third place, far exceeding everybody's expectations, and they've done it without their new star player playing balls out.
3: Yeah. Well, it's important to remember, too, as excited as we are for where Dallas is and none of us. I mean, you had us Dallas higher than Dan and I did, but uh, it still is very early in the season. I know it's, you know, over a third of the way through the season, but the difference between second place and eighth place is basically two wins and a tie. Seven points effectively. So seven points in a 34 game season is not that big a deal. So, you know, you're you're looking at even though Dallas is in second and you and you love the way you're, they're playing and the things like the road record are super super exciting, the dominant home form, the the great balance of both goal scoring and goals against. I mean, all the signs are phenomenal. But, you know, two wins difference is, you know, over the course of a 30 game 4 game season is is nothing. I mean, this team could I don't think it's going to because of the things that are good. But you know, second half collapses, late summer collapses happen. You, this team could end up twelfth. You know, it's nothing is anywhere re- remotely determined. But all the signs are phenomenal, and you have to be so excited about how well things are going. This turnaround is going way faster than anybody's expe- expected. Certainly, that I expect. That I can't believe it. But uh, you know, it's 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 exciting to be where it is, and it's the, the games. It's back to when, when Oscar was the coach here in like 17, 16, 17, 18, I often pretty much felt that every single game I was watching, I'm like, they still are in this. Well, as the Luchu tenure went on, that became less and less the case where I, I would – the road games I had, there was no chance. And half the homesick, I thought like, there's no chance. But it's back to being like that. I, I watch a Dallas game now. I always think that they're in it based on what I'm seeing you know, there's a, they're they're right on this game. A little thing, couple breaks here, a little thing here, and we're, they're going to have this game. And road games are like that too, and that's amazing. It is a,
2: a, a really promising run, and to be this point of the season uh, and where they're at, as I said, far exceeds expectations. And I'll just uh, very quietly just kind of stretch out and casually remind everybody: I predicted they'd end up in fourth. Um, so yeah, there. and you're going to be wrong.
3: Uh-uh. <laughs> it's going to be better than that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I was. I, everybody else said lower. I yeah, no point. I, yeah.
3: I was on the high side. So. I thought they would squeak into the playoffs right at the end of the season. This progression is way, way ahead of when where they should have been. Um uh, you, you have to give them all the credit in the world for going out and spending, breaking their record on Velasco, breaking their their end-league record on Ariola, two massive massive moves. The return of Matt hedges to health is absolutely massive part of it. And the pause signing and the Farfan trade, I mean, uh, you know, every move they've made so far looks gangbusters you know the only move i can complain about at all is the sixth round the sixth overall pick i mean everything else looks phenomenal that they've done i don't have any complaints at all about it it's incredible
2: put a pin in uh part of that comment for a second Uh, the other thing i just wanted to comment on the game was is you know i think we all share an equal affinity and love for oscar oscar perea um But, man, I got to tell you, I do not miss those games where Oscar has that look on his face. (laughs) Yeah, he wouldn't have it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't have it. Uh, Well, Oscar gets frustrated when guys can't do what he wants them to do, you know. and his team was clearly tired, and he clearly wasn't missing some of his guns, and they've got a couple guys out suspended and a couple guys hurt. So he was not happy about the situation he found himself in. But, you know, I – I, I really do hope there's a day he's back at this club and the Bazan brothers, too. Both I'd love to see him back here someday.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it, it is, and uh, you know, Steve and Mark were talking about it too. But just the reality that so much of what is on the field today for Dallas is a byproduct of him specifically. Uh, and I'm sure he uh quietly has a tremendous amount of pride uh, when he sees oh. what's happening here. So. yeah, no question. Yeah. For sure. All right. Now uh, I will go back to the pin because the other piece of news that happened this week, at least we think it has, it's not been officially announced, but Buzz, I think you sourced some uh, yep. um, uh, uh, Dutch newspaper or something saying that they, that Dallas has officially signed Martin pause.
3: Yeah. What it actually says was I went and found the original article. It says that the loan agreement for pause had a automatic buy trigger in it based on games played. And that he's uh, he surpassed that trigger, so he's and the, the number had already been agreed. So, literally, the the it's the deal happens whether anyone wanted it to or not. At this point, the automatic trigger happened or will happen, I guess technically. Now remember that the, that transfer of his paperwork can't happen until the window opens, which is basically when his loan ends. So the, it'll it's just a matter of the paperwork actually being passed through FIFA at this point. If of course, you believe the reporting of the guy who covers that league as a professional reporter, uh, I don't have any reason to doubt it. You know he had very specific details about the amount of the transfer, which was 1.1 1. 1 million euros, which I think it was, or, or 1 million euros, which is 1.07 uh, American dollars. that's what the numbers were. Um, you know, So those details are very specific. The trigger auto-buy is a very specific detail. The guys, It's a guy that covers the league for their national whatever paper this was. So I don't have any reason to doubt it. You know, it, you won't hear anything about it officially from Dallas or the clubs until you get to um, probably the time when they're actually going to transfer the paperwork and or when they um, sign pause to a new contract, which you assume will happen because they'll want him under their own deal rather than the deal that he's with. Uh, his Utrecht, which was you know will now change over to Dallas. So, yeah. Well,
2: and the reason why I bring that up because I don't remember Dan was his was his salary listed in
3: the salary list. Uh, Should have been. Do we know what it was? It actually was really reasonable. Okay. I remember. So. So, it, it was, um, so he's not
2: like a million dollar player. Oh no,
3: no. Well, not right now because he's on loan. But you know, you'll have to do a new deal with him. So. I mean, I imagine it'll go up. I don't. I don't know, you know. Who knows what it'll be? It's pure conjecture on my part. You know, one hundred and fifty grand base. Yeah, really? That's it. But that's you know, that's not Utrecht's probably playing part of his contract back. I mean, these things are complicated when you're talking about a loan deal, right? Yeah. You know, people are. The club might be paying some to Utrecht, who's paying some back, and all those kind of things. You know, it's
0: also his loan was only half a season, so really right. that number's three hundred. Right. Yeah. it It's interesting.
2: It'll be interesting because the reason why I ask is because when we look at the salary numbers and we all kind of look at each other and go, holy crap, Dallas has got more. We've got more million dollar salary players this season than I think we have collectively over the entire history of this club. Yeah. And, and I just wonder that when they work a new deal with pause if that, in fact,
3: isn't going to end up being a mil- another
2: million-dollar deal? Well,
3: you can base the deals kind of off of the amount of the transfer. Um, you know, the salaries are sort of sometimes relative to that. And for his buy only being a million, you know, something in the neighborhood of 300 350 or whatever is probably actually relatively reasonable. You know, compare him. Okay. To- also think about Dallas has um, an unofficial salary structure to how much they're going to pay certain positions. And just go back and look at like what um, – you can go back and look at what Jimmy got when he got a raise off of his really good season. Go back and look at what Jesse Gonzalez got paid when he got his big raise. The, you, you can see where the ballpark is for a MLS in Dallas' mind, an MLS first-team starting keeper. So you're looking at, I don't know, 350 Because keep in mind, it's going to be a multi-year deal more than likely, right? So it's, you don't want to start it at like 5 It's going to start at, I don't know. Three three fifty four somewhere in that ballpark probably. That's my guess. Well, we'll see. But and, and also don't forget that when those when the MLSPA drops those numbers, those numbers are a combination of transfer fees and salary. So it'll look higher because of the one million dollar purchase fee will be amortized over the time of the deal. So it may show like six, but really he's only getting paid three, things like that. These things are not as simple as they oh, look on paper. So
2: many numbers. It's I know complicated.
3: it's dumb. It's dumb, but it's like, it's like Frank O'Hara, right? It says 3 million. Well, his salary is only 2 million. Like a million of that is all his his initial upfront fee or signing bonus or something. I don't know. You know, it's like, it's never hundred percent accurate. You can just know that he's probably going to be in the same ballpark as like Jesse Gonzalez was. Cause remember Jesse was a, that same kind of age, same sort of fringe of the national team, maybe you know, it's going to be that ballpark.
2: It's funny. I was having this conversation with somebody. We were asking the question, uh, and when pro athletes, uh, if they, if if the the rare occasion a pro athlete is actually doesn't make as much money as their significant other. And i be, I was wondering if Martin Paws fell into that category
3: because of his <laughs> I bet supermodel girlfriend. Yeah, I bet he does. <laughs> I wonder
2: if she makes more money than he does.
3: <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I would
2: think so. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so I guess the big question I have out of this particular game, and you know, uh, performance and uh, result aside, is it safe to say that uh, Buzz Nico considers that eleven his? number one starting 11, his first choice 11.
3: Yeah, I think so at this point. I mean, you can look at the fact that they didn't have a midweek game. They got a whole chance to work together again and train, work on whatever concepts. You know, admittedly, they were going on the road, which has a little bit of impact. But, you know, he immediately went back to Velasco. He immediately went back to Faku. Well, that's Faku maybe is slightly impacted by the road thing. Ima's in there. Farfan's in there. pauses is back in there right away. So this basically is the first 11. Now, there's guys that are in the very high, very active rotation. O'Brien is obviously very high in the rotation. Har is very high in the rotation. Seeking a sibling. Uh the two in the midfield strangely are the two that are in competition of the closest. Cervania and in, in sibling and Faku and Edwin, those two spots. I thought that the the Cervania the in there made the whole thing look a lot better. His his ability to connect and his ability to be progressive, but statistically. When Tiki comes in, those last 20, 30 minutes that he does always look great. His energy is really impactful at that time. He's really aggressive. He hunts the ball. He progressively dribbles past guys that are tired. You know, So that concept works better in that combo for me. Maybe that's a spot that's really close, but I think that's pretty much it. I think I think is he held down right back over Nanu. I think center back uh, at this point, Hedges Martinez are, are it. Coach has said, said that Tafari's done some really great staff stuff, but he's got a little bit more to learn still. That kind of means he's probably the third guy. So, I mean, I, I can't see anybody in this 11 that's not the first-choice guy with the possible Edwin possible, that that might be a, a tactical choice each time. But I think it's pretty much locked at this point. Uh, all right, Dan, that's your favorite 11.
2: Anybody you'd rather throw in there?
0: No. I mean, no, do anyone's the only one's the Edwin farku battle. Um, yeah. Okay. Seems pretty locked down, though, doesn't it? All right. We're all in agreement then. Very
2: good. All right. So now the team is on vacation. The international break in uh, the U.S. beat up on Morocco uh, shortly before we began recording this. And I, I know the result, but I haven't seen the game. And I know that. Um, I know Jesus started and Reggie started, and I think Weston came in as a sub. Uh, so there's lots of uh, Dallas influence in that particular performance. But Buzz, what it, what should everybody expect out of the club over the course of these next three weeks until they uh, have Vancouver at home?
3: Well, they'll start training. I'm sure they gave everybody a week off, basically or close to a week off. Um, I imagine they'll start training. You know, uh, this next Monday or Tuesday. They're um, gonna start Friday. Oh, I'm going to start Friday. Okay, good. Yeah, um, that's actually. I would have expected a little more time off than that, but um, you know, Friday's still fine. You know, they'll they'll want to use this window to implement some sort of concepts, more than likely. You know, some ability, some different formations, perhaps, or some different work on a couple deficiencies. But a lot of it will just be about maintenance. You know, you want to try and give guys. Um, you know, a physical maintenance of their bodies. They do a lot of stuff differently when they have a little more time off to try and make guys. Um, it's hard to really describe what I'm talking about, but solidify where they are in terms of their health. Like for example, with passing with his hamstring, obviously they'll do things uh, presuming that actually is a problem, you know, other than him grabbing it. It's hard to really say, you know, they'll want to work on things that have to do with that and hook into that, you know, and try and get certain guys will get, more time off or more minutes on the side, and they might work really aggressively. Younger guys, they'll, they'll want to arrange some scrimmages, probably with North Texas, probably with uh, probably mix in some academy guys over the next couple of weeks. The ones that are out of the playoffs, perhaps, you know, get a couple of looks at those kind of guys. Um, it, it's a lot of maintenance, it's a lot of mid season sort of reset of the brain that kind of activity. And, and most importantly, they they replaced the field at uh, Toyota stadium when they had the new turf laid in. So that'll be really helpful. Uh,
2: and so that, or Vancouver comes next. Uh, and then I think the other thing is we all just quietly assuming he did go home to Argentina. We all just quietly keep our fingers crossed. He comes back from Argentina.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he will. <laughs> you don't get paid if you don't come back. <laughs> you know, pending Paxton's uh, Hammy. You know, I imagine that the lineup, you know, for the game three weeks from now will be that it's not quite three weeks anymore. Will be the same as you saw in this game with the with the possible choice of Faka versus one at home. You know, and really that's about it. I don't think there's anybody you know, with with a gap between the next game. I don't think that they'll bench. Velasco for what he did, mental the mental mistakes. I think they'll just work with him on it, you know, get him to clear his head a little bit, you know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think that th- that'll be impactful. I think they'll go right back to him. Well, it, it will, I
2: mean assuming he comes back and he starts just seeing how he plays. Does his play prefer, like if in fact he went home and he got to see mom and his friends and he's feeling a little rejuvenated, like how does he come back and play? Does does that visit, assuming he went home again, we don't know for sure, but whatever he's doing now and posting on social media, appears that he's hanging at least hanging out with friends somewhere here uh in at the very least Miami if not back in Argentina. You know, does that rejuvenate and restore him or does that like just make him more homesick and, you know, maybe yeah. his play doesn't get better? So I, I don't well,
3: know. you hope you hope that everybody gets a mental reset, you know, like Haro will get to go spend some time with his kids. Matt Hedges will go get to hang out with his brand new baby, you know, yeah. Uh, maybe Ariola goes and spend some time with his brand new. I think they just got married. Right. Brand new wife. You know, everyone has their home life. Everyone has their things that make them happy. You know, a Haro get out on his boat that he has been showing off on Instagram. You know, Matt will work on his new Ford car, fancy car he bought. You know, everyone's got their jam. So these little breaks like this, particularly when you have a, it's kind of a big one. You'd hope to see the whole team come back really with a refresh mentality. Other than Asus, of course, will be gone. And Areola, now that I said that about his brand new wife, is going to be on the national team. But um, you know, hopefully, hopefully everybody comes back refreshed and you just kind of build on what you've done so far. Actually, you want you don't want to change too much. You just want to carry over, you know, that the, the mentality and, and keep everybody working and keep everybody rolling. But at the same time, you know, a little reset of the brain, a little reset of the season, you know, get back to it. It should be good, I hope.
2: I'm assuming Paxton is just relaxing and growing his mustache. That's his jam. Yeah, put
3: put one of those electrical things on your hammy, Hopefully,
2: yeah, we're trying. We've put the official request in to see if Paxton will come hang out on the kick around. Oh, nice! Uh, during the break, nice. I, what did you just assume, Did you say no? <laughs> Dan. I think we both said
0: nice oh nice I thought, yeah. you, I thought you just
2: were in your best uh, yeah, no. uh, yeah. voice impersonation you were like no no, <laughs> no
0: that's, that's, that's a voice I definitely can't do
2: <laughs> we're hopeful uh, I'm not the one that put in the request uh, I, I, I'm letting somebody else do it so oh, so it might get approved it. then yeah, it might pull me out of the out of the uh, out of the request to take me out of the mix. Things yeah. may actually get done. Smart thinking. Uh, well, you know, I know how to I know how to mix things up. All right, uh, I'm trying to think. So we saw pictures that the new grass has been installed. We've told stories that the next drone show is going to be two X um i don't know anything else really groovy about the club we're uh, we don't have much else to talk about
3: yeah they apparently well we've seen the pictures of the stuff being painted the stadium being painted uh, oh yeah somebody mentioned the... yeah somebody said use the word mural to me today so you know really i'm, I'm hoping huh. it's going to be kind of cool i mean they've got things that are mural like already but i mean i hope it's going to be something fun and cool yeah yeah if
2: you don't know what buzz is talking about the wall that is at the back of the stage which has typically been overgrown with ivy or the gray concrete is getting a paint job and uh it is some it's some sort of weird blue and red thing i don't know what it looks like today versus what i saw in a picture somebody snuck out a couple of days ago so i wonder if they're going to take all the ivy off the wall
3: uh that i don't know that's a good question you know they they definitely have been trying to figure out what the heck to do with that space you know and, and they were talking about trying to shrink it so maybe the maybe the idea of painting things on it maybe makes it feel shrunk or something maybe it feels like the space is smaller i got um, an idea yeah lasers 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 yeah exactly. lasers exactly Exactly, yep.
0: lasers. You know me well, Buzz.
3: Presentation. I mean, yeah.
0: we got fire, so maybe lasers is the next step. <laughs>
3: did we? Did we really?
2: I saw the video that John Arnold tweeted out of the red alert, <laughs> and the and literally, it was like at a boys' camp when you light your fart kind of fire. That's all it was. It was pretty pathetic.
0: You Americans do some weird shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Mm. <laughs> okay that's how we're going to end the podcast today uh kids that uh, with dan's excellent line uh all right i'll just go once twice three anything anybody else want to throw in
3: there well yeah. I, i'd like to mention that the uh, ford madison uh pride warm-up kit or whatever is spectacular have you seen would that? You wear it? it no yeah i
0: oh, know you no. would wear I've it dallas is doing something for for uh Pra- uh, Dallas Pride uh, this weekend, which is a complete first. What are they doing? And they they oh uh, they're, they're, well, they're going to be at Fair Park for the uh, for the main festival, the ticketed festival thingy uh, with their street team, which is something I wrote and said they needed to do. Oh, ooh, how many years ago? Five, six now. I know why we're doing this
2: because Dan yeah. wants credit. Good for you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if,
0: if Buzz can claim hoops, I can claim at yeah. least that. <laughs> um No, I think it's 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 cool that they're getting out of their element and 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 trying to market a team um to, you know, different communities. I think that you know, you you can't you can't do enough to try and fill the stadium,
2: right? You know, the other thing that I forgot, and Buzz, if you want to edit this and push it back further in the podcast that I forgot, is we do need to do a little bit of kit talk.
3: Yeah? Why is that? Beyond the Forward Madison kit talk? Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, I can't tell you how insane that goofy-ass recycled parsley mm. league-wide kit thing parsley. makes me. <laughs> yeah. did you, what did is you it? Hear Steve Davis uh, parlaphy? <laughs> probably yeah steve,
0: steve davis indulged in kit talk he using did. when was the last time they were in all white and we will find the answer yeah that would that one would be hard to find i look here's the thing and i was tweeting
2: this because uh, I, I first off i don't like the fact that you take your teams out of their branding identity like yes, i think agreed. that's bad yep, yep. right two it creates this really weird visual friction. Where, as a viewer of this team, I can easily identify players when they're in their uniforms without even seeing the numbers. But when they're in these weird,
0: kind of vague uniforms, I, it took me a while to figure out who was who. I kept having issues with Velasco and Farfun overlapping each other because you couldn't see a yep. number. Both have dark hair, both kind of, you know, have that olive skin yeah and uh the other problem is you like trying to
2: remember like re-screwing in your head which team is wearing what color right because you're just not used to them wearing those colors and then of course the jerseys themselves or the kits themselves are really bland the peach colored font numbering on the white kits was terrible um and then, of course, the whole stupid idea—the whole idea—is stupid in the first place because I don't understand the idea of "quote unquote" raising awareness of plastic waste by making one-time-use jerseys out of recycled plastic. Like that just doesn't make any sense. That's the dumbest well, thing in the world.
0: It, here's the thing: right? They could—they could—they'll try and defend it by going, "Oh, well, you know, we we auction all the jerseys off, but through fanatics." That's great. Every no. one of them players would have probably got four jerseys. What are you doing with the other ones? They're well, just how about go this?
2: Just do the same concept, but just make it the training jerseys that they wear before the game. At least they're getting multiple yeah. uses, and
0: it just the whole point
2: of it is all just uh, it's just marketing
0: bullshit. And here's here's how stupid it all gets. Right, for one, Breck Shea tweeted, "Well, why not do this for the whole season? Why only one game? What does that really prove?" Um... And then, too, uh, uh, you know, the the schedule works so weirdly that FC Dallas is having to do its Pride night on the Juneteenth night, which aren't, you know, you want to give them two things, um, their own night. Originally, their um, military appreciation night was also going to be a shared night because of the way the, the calendar worked out. Well, the LA Galaxy had to do their Pride night on the delayed Earth Day thing, so then... It's just like you you're taken away from the point of it all by by trying to spread it itself too thin.
2: Well, I get that there's only limited games and the calendar is limited and the and the things fall within particular months. I just the idea of doing this particular thing and the in the meaning behind it is is meaningless to me when you're making one off shirts and then, then the execution of it is also silly in well,
0: my mind. They, they missed Earth Day. Right. Obviously, the supply was lacking because it came with almost no fanfare. Why didn't they just say, okay, let's hold these jerseys till later in the year when there's nothing really to note? Sl- slot it in before, uh, before, it, um, it's probably yeah, an Adidas promotion. In September. I'm sure it has something to do with Adidas
2: and their calendar and their schedule and all of that stuff. I'm, I, i'm sure it has something to do with that yes so sorry buzz yes the the ford madison kit is rather spectacular yeah i don't know if i would ever wear Oh, oh i'm getting um me. okay yeah, right. yeah. Well,
3: i love tie dyes
2: yeah i wear them all the time well that's not really even a tie-dye it's no, it like this is. weird psychedelic uh close enough very colorful love right.
3: it yeah, yeah. I, I actually have a big piece of news actually i think it's big oh. it's not a huntsman dump i just think it's a big deal Okay, what is it? Well, Jesse Gonzalez is about to sign a contract. Oh, I saw that. He's playing like down in Guatemala? It's Guatemala. Well, we talked about the, the fact that he would have to go someplace way out there in order to get back in the game, but he's also 27, which is amazing. I didn't realize that had happened. Is he 27? Yeah, well, that's what the tweet says. I'm assuming that it's accurate. <laughs> but, um, wow. yeah, it's a club in Guatemala, uh, you know, uh, FC Zalugia. I don't know how you pronounce this. Whatever. It's so you know, not even a big one. No, no, but you know, uh, we would want to, we've been w- wondering a long time whether he would ever get to a stage where people would look at him again and how far out he would have to go. And apparently, we don't have the answer. So, um, you know, I, w- whatever you think about whatever his situation is, it's an interesting piece of news. Whether you think he should get this chance or not is up for you to decide. But um, it's the first thing we've seen of, other than the tr- Jesus, that was loud. What was that? Like, who is, is that at your house, Dan? Yeah. Yeah. I thought something. Yeah. That was crazy. So I thought maybe someone was mad about Justin Gonzalez. Um, Other than the trial he had in somewhere in Hungary or something, I can't remember where it was Uh, Cyprus. Cyprus. Yes. So now he's actually surfaced again in Guatemala. So, Hmm. hey, you know, it's news. So it's worth a comment. It's worth a talking about, you know, from from that level. The only
2: thing that I took notice of it was somebody tweeted out the crest or the logo for the team he's joining. And it may be one of the epically bad. (laughs) Club logos of all time. If you haven't seen it, yeah, it's not great. (laughs) No, it's pretty bad. (laughs) Have you seen it, Dan?
0: Yes, uh, saw it in the
2: uh, Discord. Yeah, Yeah. join the Discord
0: uh, if you haven't already.
2: It's pretty hilarious. Yeah, very very funny. All right, well, uh, so much for trying to end the pod on Dan's funny line. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of other stuff to talk about. Uh, Okay, I'll try it one more time. Are we done now? Yeah, I think that's it. One last thing. Oh, Oh, uh
3: -oh. Dan, get him.
0: Good luck to Denton Diablos, who are going to travel up to Flint, Michigan this weekend to participate in the Hank Steinbrecher Cup, uh, which is the uh, USL League 2 champions, or in this case the uh, reigning cup holders, the Flint City Bucks, Lansdowne Yonkers, the US Amateur Soccer Association Cup winners, uh, obviously the MPSL champions and uh, some random team from Houston who I have no idea who the hell they are, uh, but they uh, the Diablos will play on the, uh, June third against uh, Lansdowne Yonkers, which is a, an affiliate of Celtic, weirdly, and uh, yeah, hopefully get named the uh, the champion of champions for amateur soccer in the US. Wow, that would be cool. That would be All cool.
2: Members. Yeah. Keep us posted over on the Twitter account, Buzz, please.
3: Yeah, sure. All
0: right. Well,
2: Dan, thank you. Uh, and I'm sorry we didn't get to end on your fantastic line.
0: Uh, thank you. And uh, please stop sending Thunderbolts my way. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was a loud one.
0: <laughs> and, Dan, if you ever want to uh,
2: you know, try out lighting your farts, just ask. We'll, Buzz and I would be happy to help out. Get
0: you I'm, I'm good. I've, that's a party trick of some relatives. I don't want to get into that. You know, okay. that's, that's gimmick infringement.
1: Hi, this is Amy Carrick again reminding you that Third Degree of the Podcast is brought to you by Soccer90, your source for FC Dallas, U.S. national team, and international club gear. Check out the new arrivals dropping daily, gear from leagues around the world, fresh Serie A, Premier League, Bundesliga, and, of course, MLS and FC Dallas club merch available now. Remember, third degree listeners get 20% off at soccer90.com with promo code third degree. Some exclusions may apply.
2: Buzz, I hope you and Amy continue to have a fantastic trip. Are we going to record another one next week? Will yep. you have internet where you will be? <laughs>
3: uh I can get it. Yes. Uh, I think we should do one and maybe do like a evaluation of the club, you know, good bad player roster evaluation, sort of a mid like with two fifths of the season, let's call it Break down see where we are. I think it's a good idea. All right,
2: we can try to do that. All right. We'll have a good time on your trip. Please Thanks, man. Be safe driving up there. I will. And uh, thank you, FC Dallas, aka Giddy Curious Fans. We will uh, speak to you next week on another episode of Third Degree the podcast.
0: Congrats! You can do something else on Saturday. Third degree. The Third Degree never podcast. Third degree, the third degree never gets. Third degree, the third degree never gets. Third degree, the third degree never gets.